Welcome to your Telehealth Toolkit, a podcast for dermatologists. Hear highlights from our Pandemic Practicalities webinar and gain practical advice about providing telehealth consultations. My name is Narissa Ferry and I would like to thank you for taking the time to join us. I have been a medical legal advisor at MDA National for 11 years now and uh, and I will be hosting this session. Now COVID-19 has resulted in unprecedented levels of activity through our claims and advisory services. Um, Our whole team is committed to provide ongoing support and practical advice to our members on the front line who are trying to navigate the medico-legal complexities that they may face as a result of this pandemic. Now, first up, I'd like to introduce Gay Nuttall from our Supporting Practice team. Gay, tell us a bit about yourself and how your past experience has guided your advice to members. Thanks, Narissa. So, yes, my name's Gay and I'm a risk advisor here at MDA National as part of our support and practice team. And I've been here for nearly five years. And previous to that, I had been very involved in medical education and training for quite some time. I'm a registered nurse and I have worked in various different parts of medicine, including general practice, working as a practice nurse and an assistant practice manager. So hopefully that gives me a pretty good understanding of what you're all trying to grapple with out there. Now I'd like to uh, introduce Dr Jane Deacon. As Manager of Medico-Legal Advisory Services, you would have a good oversight of the issues and concerns that are being raised by our members. Perhaps you can introduce yourself, Jane, and provide an overview of the most common medico-legal topics we've covered since COVID-19 first became an issue in Australia. Hi, I came to MDA about 14 years ago. My background was in full-time general practice and After I joined MDA, I continued as part-time GP until last year. Many of the calls we've had have been about the introduction of telehealth and then the subsequent changes. There's really been a lot for doctors to get their heads around. Many doctors have had to make big changes to their practice, how they practice and their scope of practice. So a lot of members are new to telehealth and may have been thrown in at the deep end. Gay, what advice would you give to doctors who may be using telehealth for the first time? Yeah, thanks, Narissa. Um, We've had huge, huge numbers um, of questions and I'm pleased to say that our next defence update has got a very big lift out in it on, on telehealth. There are certain recommendations. And not all of uh, the platforms that are readily available are completely appropriate. Uh, And certainly if you're doing ad hoc and only very few, then it's perfectly fine to use something fairly simple and easy and obviously has to be available for the patient. But for the longer term, and looks like we're going to be in this situation for um, a while now, then we would recommend that you actually look at the commercial software that's actually been developed for the Australian medical industry. You need decent broadband. And we recommend that you have a setup with two screens because that way you can see the patient on one screen and have your notes on the other. We do recommend that you actually have a headset with, with a proper microphone on it. It certainly does make the sound of better quality. The choice of software has been a big decision for many practices and we've received a lot of questions about which platform we recommend. Gay, we don't actually recommend any specific platforms, but what sort of things should doctors be thinking about prior to making that choice? have a look on the website of the provider of the platform. If they are Australian-based, then they will have it 
quite loudly said and easy enough to find that the data is stored within Australia. If it's outside of Australia, then we have um, potential to breach the Australian privacy principle of overseas disclosure. And, you know, if, if that's something that you need more information about, you're very welcome, you know, to get in touch with me. But we would also be looking at encryption, password, access, browser compatibility. Some of them only work with certain types of platforms, which means it might be harder for your patients on the receiving end. And to look at how, whether it has a waiting room capability. So there are you know, these things that do need to be considered. We're very pleased to be able to say tonight that we've just discovered some brilliant resources from the University of Queensland from their Centre for Online Health, who have put out some brilliant resources, which we've added to our um, FAQs on our website. And they've got consumer resources as well. And I also noticed that they've got a very good description of a couple of the different types of systems that are available quite readily to our practitioners here. And it gives a rating of high security or a medium security. Unfortunately, things got a little bit confused because um, in the MBS, with the new items, there was a description put out which said that, you know, you could use anything, Skype, Zoom, whatever, with the little proviso from Medicare to say that you did need to ensure that it met your privacy requirements. And that's where things did get a little bit messy. And I'm sure if you follow the news, you'll have seen lots of stories about Zoom bombing and all sorts of things. So, yeah, we would encourage you, you know, to do a little bit of research and on that note is to just put the little bit of a clarification that not everything can be done by telehealth. Some patients will need to be seen. And I have to say that Professor Brendan Murphy actually put out a plea to the public to not ignore their health and their ongoing healthcare needs and that it is okay to go to the doctors and it is okay to see your health professionals. Thanks very much for that, Gay. So, Jane, what about privacy in a telehealth setting? Is it any different? No, not really. The same privacy requirements uh, apply. I would just say when you have a video conference going to check with the patient at the beginning as to whether there's anybody else in the room and then if there, there are, then that person should either leave the room or come into your vision so that you can see what's going on between those two. And of course, check with the patient. They are happy for someone else to be there and make a note of who was present during that consultation. I've got a couple of reasonably quick questions here. One of them was, will telehealth be covered by MDA National? Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. I can reassure all of our members that all telehealth is covered on the proviso that you uh, follow the medical board requirements and the usual professionalism and any Medicare items and that you as the practitioner and the patient do need to be within Australia. So if there's anything more than that, then you would need to get in touch with our member services. But otherwise, yes, absolutely, telehealth is a part of your standard policy. Fantastic. Um, and another quick question is, can a telehealth session be recorded? Okay, so in general, we recommend no, because there are a lot of laws and their laws are all quite different in each state. There is a really good article on our website on recording of consultations if you have a bit of a look or a Google. But if you did choose to record, you do absolutely need to get the consent of the patient. It would need to be documented and you would need to explain very clearly what the purpose of that recording was and you would need to store it and look after it very safely and securely. I mean, sometimes it's the patient that wants to record the consultation. 
that's true, Jane. Um, and in those circumstances, if the practitioner is happy and the patient only wants it so they can share it with their um, you know, family, if it was a bit of a confusing story, then that's perfectly acceptable, as long as it's clear to everybody what the purpose is. Particularly elderly patients, they may be hard of hearing and they're relying on family members to assist them with their medical care. So those sort of patients um, may ask to record consultations for that purpose and that is an absolutely reasonable request. I've got a, a, a good question here, which is a short question. Um, one of our members has asked, what is a waiting room capability? As I said, a lot of doctors are being thrown at the deep end. So um, that is definitely not, that a, means, not a silly Dave. question. I'm no. very happy to answer that. No. So basically what that means is that you can actually queue the patient's call within the telehealth platform. So it's a bit like having a phone system with people on hold. And it means that um, patients can dial in, can check that their connection's working, and then they get placed on hold. And that's called the waiting room on most of those platforms. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I'd like to thank both Gay and Jane for sharing their knowledge and insights with us. The team at MDA National have been keeping up to date with all available information as part of our commitment to support our members and provide clear and practical advice. We appreciate and understand the hardships that many of you are facing at the moment and we'll continue to update our dedicated COVID-19 webpage as more information comes to hand. In the meantime, please remember that the medico-legal advisory team is available to support members during these uncertain times. And we will also we would also encourage you to keep up to date with the public health advice that's being provided by the federal and state governments. And you can find the relevant links on our website. As Gay mentioned earlier, our Defence Update magazine includes a lift-out section on telehealth. Here are top tips for your telehealth toolkit. If you're planning a video-based telehealth service, make sure you're well set up with reliable internet and ideally that you have a headset so you can be clearly heard and two screens, making it easier to talk with your patient while making notes. Make sure your environment is private, quiet and well lit. To ensure you're using the appropriate video conferencing software, seek advice from your practice's IT provider, your local PHN or the Centre for Online Health. To help achieve a smooth telehealth consultation, here are some practical steps you can take. Test that your audio and video are working. Once your patient joins you online, ask if they can see and hear you well. Check the patient's identity by asking them to provide their name, address and date of birth. As Jay mentioned, if there's anyone else in the room at the patient's end, request that they move into view of the camera or leave the room. Let your patient know you'll phone them if there are any technical difficulties and check that you have their correct phone number. Before you begin the consultation, ask the patient to make any necessary adjustments. For example, if you can't properly see them, ask them to move their camera or reposition themselves. They may need to turn on a light or close the curtains so that you can see them well. You'll need to obtain your patient's verbal or written consent for the telehealth consultation. Outline the reasons and benefits of a telehealth consult and explain how the consultation will differ from a face-to-face appointment. Be sure to explain that there will be limited ability to examine the patient. Mention the possibility of technical problems and clearly state that you'll take reasonable steps to protect patient privacy, but it cannot be guaranteed. The costs associated with the consultation should also be clearly set out, including any out-of-pocket costs and the assignment of a Medicare benefit where relevant. During the consultation, speak slightly slower than you would in a face-to-face conversation. Pause after speaking and take care not to talk over the top of your patient. And avoid excessive movement, 
which can be distracting on screen. Document, document, document. It's vital that your record keeping is clear and comprehensive, so ensure you include the same level of detail in your records as you would for a face-to-face consultation. Additionally, make note of whether the consultation took place by video or phone. Include the location of the patient and make note of the patient's consent in your record. Consider also documenting the rationale for using telehealth rather than an in-person consult. Make note of any follow-up actions, including who is responsible for completing these. Document the presence of other parties along with the patient's consent for their involvement. If any technical problems occur that may have compromised safety or quality of the consultation, ensure that you record these too. Lastly, it's important to be mindful that not all consultations can be conducted safely by telehealth. For example, if a physical examination is critical for diagnosis or treatment, telehealth is not appropriate. So ensure you have a plan in place should a patient require a face-to-face consultation. Now, could I ask you one last thing, ladies? Could I get a key message from each of you about the things that we've covered tonight? My message would be keep up to date. There's a lot of developments. Things are changing very quickly. Check out the MDA website, your college website, the health department and Medicare because everyone is putting out information and ring us if you need clarification or more information. From me, I would just like to um, emphasise again that our FAQs on our COVID banner link on our main website, we are updating them regularly based on all the questions that we're getting. And so they are all about the things that we know you're all asking for. And we do update it and look at it regularly. So if you've got a question, have a look there. If it's not there, of course, feel free to contact us. Absolutely. Look after yourselves. As doctors, you're our most uh, precious resource and protect yourself not only from COVID, but you need to look after your physical and mental health as well. I think we're in for the long haul. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So we've got to pace ourselves and keep well. Thank you, dermatologists around Australia for listening and for the work you do. MDA National is very proud to protect, promote and support you. No matter how big or small your concerns, we invite members, please contact us anytime. For Medico legal advice, you can email advice at mdanational.com.au. For membership information, please email peaceofmind at mdanational.com.au. And to speak with someone, please free call 1800 011 255. The content of this presentation is generic information only and doesn't account for health requirements of any particular individual, nor does it account for particular facts relevant to any legal, financial or workplace issue. MDA national members need to contact us for specific advice. 